You're listening to SequelCast 2 and Friends, a proud part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. So come on, dive deeper into the universes you love, wherever and whenever you want them. You'll find them all here on Disney+. Plus. Everybody across the land, here's a special from SequelCast, though I don't know what it's gonna be about. Hello and welcome to Sequel Cast Special, a podcast looking at. Wait, is it Sequel Cast Two Special now? No, it's just it's a fuck. Hold on. <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be, damn it. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna try to the Mickey Mouse thing. Hold on. Oh, welcome to Sequel Cast Special, and uh, oh, we're doing a a show on Disney Plus. I'm Matt Bradley Shergy. With me is uh, our Thrasher. Gorsh, I'm in 5G and HD. <laughs> and, uh, Alex? Oh, I'm also Mickey. Oh, oh, that's the only Disney character I can do a good impression of. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's a much better Mickey than mine. Um, I don't think what other Disney character mine I could... Mine still pretty bad, though. <laughs> it, sure. Then I'm going to be here to learn all about the streaming. And I know all oh, about that's the great. That's great. That's great. The... <laughs> Professor Duck. Ludwig um, von Drake, please. <laughs> Ludwig von Drake. Uh, yeah, so Disney Plus, I think, you know, it's been around for about almost a year, not quite a year, but pretty close. It, its launch day was November 12th, 2019 in the United States. I was so excited for this about, I think we're recording this about a month in advance of the official one year anniversary. Uh, but it's, it's close enough. This, it may very well be the one year anniversary. Uh, that's, that's, that's true. This is a, uh, an evergreen, as they say in the business. I can place this episode five years from now and no one will notice. Well, maybe they would, but yeah, Dis- Disney Plus. I mean, in uh, we're recording this during uh, the, the the COVID pandemic uh, around the world, but in the United States, the the numbers are especially bad. Thus, making and, this a historical document that future historians will cite for reference. Yes, yeah, an audio plague diary, if you will. Um, and but Disney Plus, I mean, was a big. Thing, uh, a big trend that we've talked about in a lot of these other uh, sequel cast special episodes is the um, kind of you still have cable, but more and more people are cutting the cord. So to kind of uh, take control of their library and get a, get more money by doing everything in house, uh, everything from like CBS to HBO to Oh, even like quite quite obscure things like Shutter, you know, doing horror movies have all had their own mm. streaming services. So now instead of having a hundred cable channels, you have a hundred streaming services. Some of which are free with ads, some are not. Uh, Disney Plus is is not requires a subscription to watch things, and I, I think it's worth talking about because it's significant in both what it has and what it does not have. Well, I think it's funny too is that like 
you know, back in the day, you, your network had their, like, flagship shows, you know, like Fox had The Simpsons, um, you know, NBC had, uh, you know, fucking, which show had Seinfeld? I'm sorry. You know, every show had their, like, flagship sitcom, and that's kind of why. Was it Must See TV was the one that did yeah, the family exactly. block? Yeah, And, uh, and now house. it's, like, what streaming network can buy that show <laughs> to get that? And it's, um, it's funny, because when Disney Plus came, when the news Disney Plus hit, I had already just kind of assumed that Disney was in the streaming game. Well, it was, but overseas. Okay, yeah. And I figured Disney Plus was mm. like Hulu Plus. You know, like you already have Hulu. You have Hulu Plus is just better Hulu. So I figured Disney Plus was just Disney Plus more, you know. Well, I mean, my, my thought, too, is that, like, wow, Disney's late to the game on this. Totally, and, yeah. But in, a, a competitor that was really early to the game, of all people, was CBS, which you which I associate with, like, grandpa programming. Um, right. Except for Star Trek, right? But CBS All Access, which is now changing to Paramount Plus, which is not a great name. Um, no, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, not as bad as Peacock, which is just brings to mind a number of puns. Yeah. Anyhow, you know, there's so many different things, but Disney has such a rich library. And then especially since the acquisition of Fox, which happened in early 2020, expands what's on Disney Plus, and, and Disney owns a majority of Hulu as well. So, I well, mean, to, we can, to an extent, like a lot yeah, of yes. the stuff that's not family-friendly ends up going to Hulu instead of Correct. Disney Plus. And yet, things like X-Men are popping up in Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that Marvel money. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I've said this before in the show, I'll say this until I die, I guess. Uh, I, I am not in favor of that Disney and Fox acquisition. I think that makes too big of a merger it's huge. I mean, and like, it's yes, funny because people don't realize how big. And like, Fox was like, as a, the Fox network was kind of like, you're the new guy on the street. You're not going to compete with the big three. You're right. And of course, they, big, they proved yeah. everyone wrong, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the Simpsons just, was no small part of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was major. Um, and then to just kind of get bought out into the big guys, it. it almost kind of felt like, to, to me, in a way, it kind of felt like they were kind of just like selling out or giving into like their. They're just kind of trading on their, you know, kind of like, I don't know, almost like rebel spirit of how they came to be, you know. Uh, I would have hoped that they would uh, maintain it some distinction like that. But, I mean, you know, business has the final say, and it is what it is. But um, it's just, it's too big, it's too much, and, um, you know, it might sound trivial to some, but, like, it, it matters. These business things matter. Yeah. Because they control art now. (laughs) They control your movies. They control your shows. Right, and we've gone into this with the, the physical media stuff. Before, but uh, before I get into that, uh, Thrasher, what are your kind of? Why don't we kind of give us kind of basic overall thoughts on Disney Plus? Then we'll take a, a deep dive. I think on some some issues. I think popped out to me. I think we'll just kind of go round robin, oh, kind yeah. of discuss things. But kind of overall, Disney Plus. Were you excited for the service when it launched? I I I was uh, one because I was very curious about the Mandalorian, but two because I love old cartoons, and that's mm-hmm. that's why I really wanted. Uh, Disney Plus, when uh, at the point of release, is I really, really wanted to see all those old cartoons, Goofy, Ludwig von Drake, uh, just some like just some of the the best old stuff that used to run on the Disney Channel constantly, but hasn't yes. close to thirty years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I I must say it's been it's been a mixed bag mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as that's concerned. Yeah, it's good and it's not. I guess I'll start talking about you mentioned mandalorian i'm looking at the graphic on uh, wikipedia here and it features it and season two is starting i believe end of october 2020 um because that was all shot 
way ahead of COVID, thankfully. Um, yeah, Mandalorian, you know, so a big thing, Disney is part of acquisitions. They got Pixar, they got Marvel, they got Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Specifically, they got Marvel and Star Wars to go after the the boys market, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Because they had the little girls with the princess things. I'm I'm being general here. Right, right. But, but that being said, and Mandalorian, I, you know, I, I have read some of those, some Star Wars books when I was in, in middle school and high, high school, especially. And I watched bits and pieces of the Clone Wars. The Mandalorian, I think, is a really nerdy title that mm-hmm. doesn't do a lot for me. And yet the inclusion of Baby Yoda as the, the stinger <laughs> at the end of episode one is so genius. Because I was watching this with uh, Ivana. And she's like, well, is this a show about a bad guy? I don't like this, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as Baby Yoda, like, it was like a flip of switch. She's like, I'm in, I'm in. When's the next Yeah, one? right. <laughs> that was a master stroke. Yes. But there's uh, like, a... oh, sorry, you go. No, no, go. But the thing is, is that like, and I, I've caught flack for this before over the years. And I remember, you know, when Star Wars came back with The Force Awakens, everyone was pumped. Mm-hmm. I was pumped and I saw it and I dug it. And then we have Rogue One and I was pumped. I saw it and I dug it. And then I realized that we kind of have a problem here. And it's that these movies are, they don't feel so much like movies, but they more feel like products. There's just this right level of, Man, and, and that they're made very manufactured. You have like just the right casting of of hot takes and and people fit sure. for the roles, and you have the right calibrated level of fan service with zoom in shots of blue milk, and you have the right requisite level of references in there. And I that's when I kind of realized I was like, okay, we have a problem here. And then you have something like Last Jedi where you know they try something different, it pisses off all the uber nerds, um, and then. Once we get to Solo, it's kind of like people start turning on it. And that's when I kind of fell out with something like The Mandalorian, is that like once all this various stuff became, it almost became like too big for me. And it almost felt like just too commodified for me. And um, yeah, I guess that's just in a really weird nutshell my relationship with Star Wars. And again, don't get me wrong, I love Star Wars. Like everyone else, I grew up watching it. These movies are near and dear. But I just feel like something gets lost when um, a major studio owns so much of something is that they're just almost too good at it. And it just takes away the soul of it. You know, there's no edges to any of these movies or films or shows. They, again, like I said, they, just, they feel like really well-made products. Well, like ironically, they have the network and the clout and the funds to, to do really – to do – to make risky movies and TV shows that could really invigorate things and reap tremendous rewards. But ironically, they're so big, they refuse to take those risks. Disney no, always plays risks. it. Yeah. yeah. They always play it safe, which is frustrating. And was sort of, uh, I mean, specifically for star Wars with the uh, uh, episode nine rise of Skywalker. I'm not, even though I have two star Wars tattoos and the only tattoos I have, maybe I'll get more, who knows, but it's, um, it just felt so pat. Like it was by pleasing everyone, you please no one. Exactly. And, uh, you know, to be honest, like I said, I, I love Star Wars. And for the most part, I've loved all of the post, you know, movies from 2015 on. I haven't even seen the most recent one. I was kind of just burnt out on it because after the past yeah. five years, every year we've had a Star Wars movie. And for the most part, like I said, I've liked them all, but. It's just kind of like, all right, like it's not fun anymore. (laughs) Well, like in five years, Disney pumped out as many, not five, excuse me. And let's say 10 years, Disney pumped out as many movies as the Lucasfilm did in 30. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More or less. It's, um, 
Yeah, no, I see what you mean. And I, as soon as they got Marvel and specifically Star Wars, I, my first thought to my mind says, oh, Disney's going to fuck this property to death. Right, they're going right. to release as much. They're going to oversaturate the market. It's going to die. Then they move on to the next thing. It's, it's a um, cinematic equivalent of fracking. Yeah, pretty much. And that's but the thing too is that they know, and we know they know, and they know that the there's a zero turn rate on this market, and it's kind of brutal because they know that if you release a movie about Boba Fett's socks, everyone will go see it. If you release a show right. about, you know, Han Solo's childhood, everyone will will watch it ad nauseum and write about it in forums and have fifty page Wikipedia articles about it. Yeah, and yeah, they're. They're exploiting it, yeah. We, we we say this, and it was just announced that on, that HBO Max is getting a show about the Batmobile. Yeah, that does not really? Batman. The Batmobile. Huh. That, yeah, I, nothing surprises me now. Please, no. which, which was a joke in the Teen Titans Go to the Movies movie. <laughs> You're right. Wow. Yeah, the Batmobile would get a movie before Good. Robin. Yes. <laughs> that what's really happened. Good, I know, good right? Pull. And and they have another aren't they doing another series called like Gotham PD or something? I'm sure that's been perpetually in the works, but, but, but that's, that's not basically a what the show but, Oh, that's true. That's Warner Brothers. But that's I mean, that's basically what the show Gotham was. So much of it was a cop show that seemed embarrassed that it was associated with Batman. Yeah. Uh, but that's a whole th- okay, I'm not gonna get into that. But I mean, so yeah, Star Wars, uh that's sort of my first topic. Uh, Thrasher, your turn. All right, so um, one of the things that I, that I, I, and I believe I talked about this a year ago because we had a little Disney Plus tangent. You're right uh, yeah. on the on sequel cast too, uh, but their their search function and I and I remember saying oh, uh, yeah. I said, hey, you know what happens when you search for Donald Duck? You don't get Donald Duck cartoons, you get Star Wars, um, <laughs> and that that has only mildly improved. Um, you, you are still more likely to get like Star Wars and Spider-Man things recommended to you when you search for anything, oh, yeah. even if it's like not even if what you're searching for is as far removed from Spider-Man and Star Wars as it could possibly be. That being said, they've done better at sort of curating things. They've got all these curated categories that are a great way to find stuff. They just, you know, since we're in October, they just put up like a Halloween category. And it's actually a neat mix of like kid-friendly ghost movies, uh, yeah. the old loathsome ghost cartoon, but also mm-hmm. several Simps- early Simpsons Treehouse mm-hmm. of Horrors show up. I was just going uh, for that, yeah. Yeah, so I do, I do like that. That is some, I do like that it has this curation feature. I wish other streaming services had that. Like, I hate those weird algorithmically generated Netflix and Tubi categories. But right, I would yeah, love it if I could just right. click on Halloween or Gangsters and like get <laughs> actual appropriate stuff that clearly someone has thought about. Yeah, as opposed to Netflix that'll have this ridiculous kind of SEO combination of um, categories like. Witty like, action like, like, movies, British, with British dramas. Leads. Well, yeah, British dramas with exploding men, or, or, or <laughs> right. exploding like, males with with moody scores. Or I, I don't know. Like, I, wow, I have bad. I have bad news about Lord Explodington. I'm afraid he's exploded. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, well, he's exploded, but he told me he'd make it to my birthday. Oh no! Yeah, he always thought he'd make quite a bang on the scene. Um, oh, speaking of a bang, I got to go see a trollop on the corner before Jack the Ripper gets there. Oh yes, he's quite a chappy. I'm not a fan of that Jack fella. 
No, I, I, I want to have a, a root and toot before he has a rip, if you know what I mean. All right. Uh, uh, call him a ripper. He doesn't rip him too, though. <laughs> Bob's uh, your no, uncle. No, no. Hey, uh, B- B- Bob's your uncle, and uh, Jim Chimery got to go uh, clean the chimney, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nod, nod, oh, say no more, say no more. Say no more, chin, chin. Yeah, all right. So, um, <laughs> that's delightful. Um, oh. Right. I, I think those are the, the search function is not great. I, I'll agree with that. But yeah, the human created list, I think that's the most important thing. Machines can't do automation. I do some automation in my day job doing a, a testing um, uh, business apps. And as much as people want to replace, as much as companies want to replace people with um, <laughs> computers and, and machines, you can't do it 100% of the time. There's going to be glitches in the system. And some things computers are a lot better at and some things humans are a lot better well, at. This is kind of something that has been a source of contention for me and I think other people as well with Netflix, Hulu, Criterion Channel, whatever. Is that like maybe you can do it now and I just haven't figured it out because I'm whatever. But like how come I just can't go into Netflix and go Westerns or you know, yes. William, you know yeah. film starring William Holden? Or how about this? Like chronological films released in 1956 films released in 1982 the films released in 2010 i mean that would be so much easier or alphabetical yes. order for that matter well i'll tell i'll tell you why it's like one most streaming services despise old stuff i think oh yeah i i believe the right, oldest right. Yep. film currently on netflix is from 1978 and there's like a 10 year gap before you get to the next oldest film. Oh my goodness. Um, and, and that is one thing that gives Disney the edge. Disney has stuff before the nineties. Like it goes all the way back to the thirties. And I do really, really appreciate that. I just wish more of it's, I wish it had more old Fox stuff and it, right. not necessarily all this old Disney stuff because yeah. while people do have fond memories of it, Disney's old live action stuff. Isn't that good. <laughs> New? It's, it's not. No, the the Apple Dumpling game. Kane, <laughs> excuse me. Well, that, that had a sequel. I would like us to cover that. And those are both on Disney Plus, so it's something we may very well like do. Um, but we let's... have not done a Don Knotts movie yet. Although, oh, wow. um, what's his name? Does a screamingly funny Don Knotts impersonation. Dana Gould. You know, Thank you. You know yes. what though? Since you mentioned Disney live action movies from the fifties not being that good, a lot of their live action movies now aren't that good either. So I guess it's not... agreed. Yeah. I uh hey, okay so yeah, Alex it's your met the Deedles. <laughs> uh Alex it's, it's, it's your turn. What's what's some um, what's an issue about Disney Plus you want to discuss in this round table discussion? Um so I guess another thing um on the uh, on the tip of my tongue was that basically the reason why we got it was that we just refer to it as the Simpsons network. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, it's great that I think it's awesome that you know we can watch, um, you know, Aladdin, or we can watch uh, The Mandalorian if I ever decide to get into it. Um, but it's primarily that's where we that's that's where you know the Disney Channel gets its that's the fuel of the Disney Channel for us anyhow was the um, Simpsons thing. And I remember at first thinking like the outrage of the of the aspect ratio cropping. I'm like, oh, it's probably not that big a deal. But then I realized. So much of the Simpson gags are sight gags of like funny signs and funny storefronts and funny things in the background. So it did matter. So I think um, you know it was it was just it was kind of wild how long it took for them to get that um, to get that right. 
But what really, um, I guess another thing that vexed me, though, is like we were talking about Splash and how they um, CGI like what, like two inches of um, of Daryl Hannah's butt crack. And it's like just so it's, ridiculous. It's prudery. It's prudery of the worst order. Disney it, has it a really history is. of censorship and then acting like they didn't change anything. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's, um, again, like once you released a work of art out there, it a lot of, you know, it, it belongs to the artist, but also belongs to the people as well. And, you know, who's worse, you know, who, who's more uh, notorious for changing stuff than George Lucas. And then who's even worse, more, you know, notorious for editing and changing things than, than Disney. So when you have these two forces, uh, excuse the fun, to combined, it's um, it makes me worried what's going to happen with all these movies in the Fox Library and the Fox Canon. Well, that was that was fat. Interesting you mentioned that because Disney Plus and Star Wars ended up in the news once the Star Wars films started appearing on Disney Plus, because as it turns out. The episode four that was put on Disney Plus was a new cut of the film, and no one, not even Disney, knew it was a new cut. It was just really? the cut that Lucas had completed right as the sale became finalized, right. and that's what led to the whole McClunky thing. Oh, yes, God. those those um, those cuts were those versions were made when the initial plan was for uh, Lucasfilm to re-release these initial six Star Wars movies, meaning the original trilogy and the prequels, uh, in 3D. They only ended up releasing um, Phantom Menace in 3D and it underperformed, but they completed the 3D stuff, at least for the prequels, as far as I know. And and when they did that, Lucas did a pass, and uh, that's why you have some of the little tweaks that are in uh, that version on the service and also on the 4K uh, physical release. The thing that's annoying, though, is that, like, you know, with all these streaming services and everything, I had to go off radar and find an eBay seller who had somehow assembled this renegade cut of a theatrical Blu-ray of the first Star Wars movie. And it's like, right, you shouldn't have to sakes, do that. You know, for all this money we're shelling out for fucking Hulu, Netflix, or Disney Plus, I can't see the original goddamn Star Wars movies. And like, you know, if you want to remaster them and do all your special editions, fine. But don't take the other one away. That's what I could never understand. Well, well, rumor has it the terms of Lucasfilm's sale to Disney bars Disney from releasing the original cuts of the movie. Yeah, well, of course a, they do. You think do. after he dies, yeah. they'll be able to? You think that's tied to... Possibly. I guess it depends on how active his estate is. So. I mean, <laughs> it's the guy's a bean counter. I mean, look at the stories for all the you know prequels. They're you know, all about freaking you know taxes and trade routes so you know he probably has some loophole in his estate saying like you know this is yeah and, and to lucas's credits he kept the budgets lean on the prequel trilogy when others would have spent a lot more money i i, I, I recall a story i i saw anthony daniels um talk at a, at a convention to promote i think episode two is coming out the next year so it would have been in mm. 2001 at dragon con in atlanta georgia uh and he told a story of it was some brief scene where C three oh this must have been uh it's from a documentary, it's not when I saw him live. My yeah. brain's failing me. A- anyhow, it's a scene in episode three where uh C three PO is walking through uh kind of a series of arches. And so how how would you film that, right? You right. maybe you would build ten arches and have them walk through that and the rest is blue screen, or maybe he just is against the green screen and there's no arches and it's all computer. The way Lucas did it was there was one arch that they reused 10 different times 
one physical arch. Right. That they, right. That they moved just a little bit forward and had them walk through it again. And again, and you know, that's that's it's interesting. It's a valid way to do things. It's yeah. definitely a valid way to do things. And um, you know, he's it one of the original guys. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the guys who originally, like, you know, kind of harnessed the you know elements of CG to like you know film crowd scenes and stuff like that. But it's just the the dude is such a bean counter, and like you know, reading the title scroll to like the uh, Phantom Menace is like the intergalactic tax return. I mean, like. Well, to, just... to be fair, though, we have discovered in the in the current age that taxation and trade can be used as wedge issues to devastating yeah, effect to cause democracy to die to thunderous applause. That is Boy, true. Boy, howdy! But um, the but uh, anyhow, I I'm getting off topic here. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it makes me nervous because it's like, so what, are they going to like digitally remove O.J. Simpson from the towering inferno? Um, are they going to, you know, censor out elements of the longest day? Are they going to, you know, I, it just... Yeah, it's when, a bad precedent. Have... Adventures right. in Babysitting has some words. I mean, keep in mind it was the 80s, but it uses words like, uh, like fuck and homo and things like that that, got, yeah. that are not in there. Um, and... I'm not paying, I, I don't even know what it costs, but let's say, you know, I'm not paying $8 a month to watch airplane versions of movies. Exactly. Very good point. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, you know, if, they, if they're going to main, I feel like the thing is with Disney Plus is that if they're going to maintain the Disney brand, I think a little too much and just over-censor mm. and over um you know, commodify everything. And then if that's the case, then why buy everything <laughs> if you're not going to represent it? I mean, I know exactly why, because to make money, which is what they're very good at doing. Um, but it, it sucks because it also takes out a lot of the, you know, fascinating things Disney's done, which is make some captivating and amazing animation and films over the years. I mean, you know, it's easy to kick around Disney, but it's it's also, uh, you know, it's easy to forget how um, amazing they're in the world of, you know, uh, feature-length animated films and stuff like that. So it's a really, it's it brings up a lot of complicated feelings for me. Right. Uh, one bit on Disney Plus that I wish they would expand a bit more is National Geographic. Um, uh -oh. I, I don't know about any of you, but as a kid, especially if I lived in Argentina, we, we would go to the embassy and, and rent kind of these National Geographic VHS tapes with the the yellow uh, logo and everything, and learn about things. So I have a lot of fondness for that um, brand, and they have some stuff in there. They have like a Gordon Ramsay show that whose uh, topic is kind of questionable, where he goes to these places, learns how to cook from natives, say like in New Zealand, and mm -hmm. then tries to cook against them to see if he can outcook them. <laughs> uh, which wow. that part I'm not as crazy about, but yeah, you get some pretty fascinating nature footage. Uh, but one of the original shows made for National Geographic uh, as a Disney Plus original is uh, Jeff Goldblum's show on there. Oh, cool. And that, that's quite good. It is aimed, and I wouldn't say it's aimed at like children. I'd say, you know, probably like middle school could watch it and get something out of it. But I learned about like the blue gene production process. That's something I don't really care about, but I learned a lot and that as a person wears a pair of jeans, the the way the fabric and stuff wears down is kind of different based on the individual. Uh -huh. And they and they use lasers to like make distressed jeans and you can get all these very custom things if, if you want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in the lab. 
as right. opposed to just wearing the jeans and distressing them for free. Uh, yes. Day, we had to distress our own jeans. <laughs> we had so, to wash our own acid. <laughs> right. And, uh, but I, I think, you know, that's, I don't have the name of Jeff Goldblum, the world according to Jeff Goldblum, excuse me, which got renewed for a second season. But that one, it's, Jeff Goldblum's a producer. He's clearly having fun with it, but he he's, there, there's one on tattoos where I believe he goes to Austin, Texas, and they teach him how to do tattoos, and he, he does a little bit of a Jurassic Park tattoo on Jeff Goldblum Day. <laughs> like, there's a lot of delightful wonkiness in that show, and I, I would like to see him do more on there. They have the um, uh, the the new version of Cosmos, but just the first season, not the second one, and they don't have the old Cosmos on there, I don't think. Mm, so I'd like more National Geographic uh, content, both legacy and not, on there. And that is there as part of Disney Plus is something uh, people might overlook. Because if you look on the main page, they shove it all the way over to the right, past uh, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I was thinking, I was like, what they, what would be cool, like if they want to, you know, keep, if they want to keep Disney Plus, you know, the the, the shimmering uh, glint of, of the Disney brand, fine. Then just why not just make a separate Fox Channel subsidiary of, you know. Of Disney Plus, so you know you can get all of the, the you know great films from 20th Century Fox streaming, and that way it doesn't you know, uh, you know sully the, the 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 Disney name you know when you watch something like you know, right, and it's not sort of like awkwardly split in half. I mean, the representation from the Fox Library is pretty poor on on both at this point as of the recording uh, on both Disney Plus and, and Hulu, but you're starting to see some of the Fox stuff pop up on there, but it, it's kind of random or like like I said with the X Men movies. They started right. with like maybe the seventh movie, and I was like, "What are you doing, guys?" <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, um... well, well, in some cases, because you may, you may notice that that uh, Disney Plus for the longest time had every Star Wars movie except for The Last Jedi, and that's because of a previous streaming agreement they had made involving The Last Jedi. They couldn't put it up on Disney Plus until oh. that deal elapsed, which is why it only showed up on the service a few months ago. Wow, I think Netflix is the one that had it. Um, yeah. Or at least in the United States. Uh, Thrasher, what about you? Time to change the topic. So one thing that has been an unexpected delight uh, uh, with Disney Plus is that it has, it has virtually, I think, every Marvel cartoon ever. Uh, and mm. those, it has been fun to go a back lot, and watch yeah. them, even the bad ones. Nice. Aren't like, the aspect ratios incorrect on some of those? Some are, some aren't. Yeah. Um, but like they like Spider-Man and his amazing friends was my favorite show when I was five. And like, I loved Iceman. Uh, Whenever my mom uh, came back oh to the grocery store and had a big grocery bag, I would burst out of the grocery bag, pretending to be Iceman coming out of his ice box. <laughs> That's adorable. And it like, in like, it's not that good of a show, but it is snappier than most other shows of its era, and I like going back and watching it. Spider-Woman has also been an amazing discovery. Mm. That was a very obscure show uh, when, when we were kids. And it, and it's, it's so bizarre, because it is based on the Marvel character Spider-Woman, but they only, like... They have, presumably, since it was produced by Marvel Animation, presumably they have the entire Marvel Universe to play with, but the only established villains, I think, that show up are Kingpin and Dormammu. 
<laughs> the rest are just I, weird one-off villains they make up for the the for the show, including two different Darth Vaders. I forgot all about that series. I wow, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, they had. I think Silver Surfer is on there. I recall that oh, being a better that, one in the '90s than yeah than some of the other ones. Um, I really liked in high school the the '90s Spider-Man series, which is on there. That's but, awful. But the thing is, like, when Disney Plus launched, that was on there, but the episodes were out of order and all lumped under one season. And that show, especially uh, towards the after the first season, had, like, a series of five-episode-long story arcs. Yeah, it got heavily serialized. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they did fix the order, but I think it's still all jammed under one season. Uh, the, the Goof Troop yeah. show is in the wrong aspect ratio, so it fills up the mm-hmm. whole TV. I, and I, also... Yeah, go on. That's the problem that continues on Disney Plus is episodes in perplexing orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the aspect ratio thing, you know what I would appreciate more is that if they just had a disclaimer on the tab that comes up on your screen, if there was just a little asterisk that said improper aspect ratio, just to own it. You know what I mean? Like I just just so like just so you know, walking into this aspect ratio, eh, it's gonna be a little off. So right. well, so I mean know, the general public doesn't care. I'll just say general that. public doesn't care, but the general the, public is wrong. I, I agree. The wrath of people like us or more hardcore nerd people, you know, is yes. something you probably don't want to deal with. And that it took him so long to do The Simpsons, as you mentioned, is just uh, right. bizarre. I mean, the, the promo art for The Simpsons on on Disney Plus is quite odd. On some of these, like I wouldn't don't know if you call them ads, but like on the banner, like The Simpsons yeah. family on a swing smiling. Are you kidding I know, me? Yeah. It was so weird. Look, and they didn't not on a couch? Like... Yeah, I know, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> on Apocrypals, we talk about the parts of the Bible that a lot of people skip over. Like the wizard battles. The angel jacuzzis. A goat full of sins. 500 drunk elephants. And a man named Porky Party. And yes, that's all really in there. All this and more on Apocrypals every other week on the Greenlit Podcast Network. How does Bloodborne stack up against, say, Oregon Trail? And is Bomberman just Loadrunner from a different point of view? Find out on Hardcore Gaming 101's Top Games, where we objectively, definitively, and scientifically rank the games you nominate for our ever-growing list. HG 101's Top Games, twice a week, every week, right here on Greenlit. And they did the they did do a thing though where um, the Simpsons like uh, um, announced when they were on um, Disney, and they had like a statue of like Michael Eisner, kind of like all like defaced and like some mouse ears like shoved in a garbage can behind them. <laughs> So, like, they're still doing their satirical bent, which is great, as well they should. Um, so I guess more hats off, uh, hats off to them for that. Um, but it's just it's just so funny, all the, the Disney bashing that The Simpsons have done over the years. And Fox bashing, too. Um, and, you know, here we are. And I don't think it's going to slow them down, because we watched the Treehouse uh, of Horror last night. And it's like an omen spoof when, like, you know, when he's looking for 666 in, like, the kid's head. Homer is doing it through Maggie's hair, and he finds, like, the Disney ears <laughs> instead. Um, well, it's like it's like that song says, they'll never stop the Simpsons. You've got nothing to fear. They'll have new stories for years. Maybe Marge is a robot. Maybe most <laughs> cell phones Bart ever had a bear. <laughs> it, it just got renewed for season, I think, 31 and 32, something like that. Two more yeah. seasons, oh, yeah. so... You literally can't stop the Simpsons. My, um, what did I just learn? Uh, sort of related, I suppose. Although I think this is a show on Hulu. My, uh, my niece, who I forget how old she is, she's like four or five. 
she watches Family Guy with her, her family, huh. but she calls it the Family Guy. That's funny. And insists on... <laughs> like, I'm going to watch the Family Guy. And I'm like, I guess what the jokes go over your head? I don't know. Because like my parents, I've said this a million times on the show, but my parents showed uh, my sister and I, like Conan the Barbarian, Silence of the Lambs and stuff when we were quite young. Right. Um, and is that worse than Family Guy? Well, I guess, like, the thing for me growing up is that, like, when I mentioned The Crow in the last episode, like, the qualifier for us as kids was, like, it was in, it didn't matter if it was, like, violent or, or, or you know, um, violent or crass or whatever, but it had to be in good taste. Like, we could watch The Shining, Poltergeist, but we couldn't watch Freddy or Jason. You know what I mean? It was, like, that's just dumb slasher fare. But if it's, like, you know, The Exorcist, which is probably far more terrifying to a child than some guy <laughs> in a hockey mask, but it's a good film. It's, it's good cinema. It's art, you know? My God, that exorcist scene with the kid in the hospital. Jeez, that, to oh, me, yeah, that's no. the scariest part. Uh, the, it, it's it's so you know what it's it's the Joel Hodgson's philosophy. Don't ask who's going to get it. Just say, oh, the right person will get this. Right, right. Mm. And like yeah. to this day, what's actually stood out to me was the Iraq sequence in the beginning. I, I that's like my favorite part of the movie, and I you know I love all the scary shit, all the subsequent scary stuff. But just the Iraq stuff is just so amazing. I don't know. Did you really... watch the two prequels? Um, I haven't watched the Schrader, the Paul Schrader one yet, but I do really do want to see it though. Yeah, those are on the server. We should do Exorcist at some point. Uh, Anyhow, but back to Disney Plus. Uh, Alex, what's the topic you want to talk about? So this is interesting. Um, I, you know, I obviously have a deep admiration. Again, obviously, like I said, it brings up a lot of mixed feelings for me. Um, But one thing I think is interesting is that there's so much fascinating history behind not just Disney Studios, but Disneyland, Disney World, all of the weird things that no longer exist, like, you know, Future World and, like, the World's Fairs and stuff like that. Like, there's so much fascinating history. Like, I remember I got the – there was a bio that came out in 2015 on Walt Disney, and I started watching it one night. Like, I'll just check this out. I watched the whole freaking, like, three-hour thing. It was so fascinating. And I'm watching this stuff on YouTube, um, the YouTube channel Defunct Land. They do a lot of cool, interesting Disney history. And I'm, you know, sitting there watching it, I'm thinking, like, how come I'm not seeing something like this on Disney Plus? So like, they, come... they do have a, um, a, do you call them a docu-series now? I don't even know what the name is uh, for these long documentaries. But there is one about, like, the, the Disney parks that's pretty mm-hmm. well done. That's like a six-episode thing. And more interestingly, they when they go into Euro Disney, they admit how badly they fucked that up. Oh yeah. Hmm. Um, it's specifically they uh, they mention you know they launch in Euro Disney and and one reason why in uh, in France right and one reason the French didn't take it seriously is they didn't have alcohol on the menu specifically wine. Yeah. I mean, at the restaurants have... and if you don't have wine at a meal that's not a real meal. Uh, yeah, if you're in Europe, you bet. Yeah. Yep. Um, I got to get Pardon my cat. Me. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, but there's so much stuff like, you know, like the Pleasure Island or um, all of the wild stuff that, you know, the, 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 you know, the successes and the failures, the hits and the misses are equally interesting. And, um, yeah, if you had a two and a half hour documentary about, um, you know, Euro Disney, I would watch that sucker start to finish. I guess the th- the thing with that, though, is that is that the Disney, both Disney himself and the Disney company they they have been they're, throughout their entire history have been very careful about cultivating a very particular image 
And yeah. this, this is why, like, any documentary-type thing that they have on Disney+, Plus, I am always somewhat skeptical about, because oh, yeah. at some point, you know sure. it's just going to become self-serving. You know there's stuff they're not going to talk about, oh, no yeah. matter how important that topic might be to a, a full understanding of, of something's history. Right, yeah, you know there's going to be some, you know, hagiography there, and um, it's, a, it's a shame, because, like... You know, if a real hands-off, not hands-off, but like a more objective look at like Tomorrowland or something, like I just, I think it's so fascinating. I love oh, weird historical sure. stuff like that, you know? Um, or just like, you know, the the primitive rides and how they worked and like having, like I remember learning about um, the deal they had with uh, the Ford car company and like the moving trams for like the, like Tomorrowland for the exhibits, you know? And like the construction of the monorail and stuff like that. It's so neat and it's so fascinating and like, Again, I would love to learn more about this, but, you know, it's like I have to go outside of the Disney. It's just weird that I'm going outside Disney Plus to learn about Disney. You got to go to your defunct lands and your yes. That's exactly what I was. Yeah, exactly. Defunct land is where I was at. Oh, man, what's that series of books that were like these like insider secrets you don't know about from people that work at Disneyland? Uh, Oh, yeah. Shit. There's like three of them or something like those. Uh You could really... They they could go into stuff like that or but recently um what the what the hell's her name is it Abigail Disney or at some something like that yeah something like that um apologies for the name being incorrect but um I'm she, such a she, sucker for that right but but she you know isn't part of the board Disney would want her to be part of the board and she's like fuck no and then she like went like kind of undercover at the Disney parks and was like disgusted to see how little people were paid and I mean she she really talks the fights the good fight I think for. Mm-hmm labor rights and that her last name is Disney she's using to her advantage uh, in in a good way not just in a financial way so I, I think like that's inspiring I would um, and anyhow that just came to mind when you were talking about the yeah. the, the YouTube stuff um, no that, that's a good point uh, one thing that's that's certainly worth mentioning so as we're recording this this is in October 2020 during COVID-19 I just have to say it because this is such a weird time in, in history um, movie theaters are open in some parts of the country, not open in other parts. When I say country, I mean United States. We have a lot of uh, international listeners, a lot of expats as well. Uh, hello. I'm um, sure this is all over for you. <laughs> right. Well, because they actually are took it seriously. Unlike, because their nations aren't criminally mismanaged. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that, you were seeing a lot of stuff that was meant for theaters having a direct-to-digital release and with uh, Mulan the the very expensive live action adaptation of their cartoons which they've been cartoon features which they've been doing way too many of if you ask me um mm-hmm. is actually one I'd want to see like it looks yeah, pretty it looks interesting cool. and yet what they did is they said you know you can only watch Mulan at home streaming on Disney plus and it's going to cost you $30 but once you pay it you can watch <laughs> it as much as you want as long as you keep subscribing to Disney plus and eventually it's going to come to Disney plus for free or, yeah, I'd rather just buy it on Blu-ray, I guess, if I like it enough. I mean, that's what a new Blu-ray DVD combo would cost. At the yeah, same but... time, like, $30 is less than a few movie tickets and concessions. Yeah. Right? It's, it's it's strange because it, it, there there was, I think, some a lot of outrage, disbelief, and skepticism when this happened. And I think a lot of it warranted. And, and yet, 
this is something I saw coming. I felt yes, it was yeah. inevitable that at some point something would come to Disney Plus that would cost a little extra, whether it was special expanded content like you know from the Fox Library or or a special release that they were going to avoid putting on physical media to test trying to sell it exclusively as a paid add-on for Disney Plus. But this did. Ha- I did not expect it to happen with Mulan, and I did not expect it to have this er- happen this early. I thought it would be something they would hold in their back pocket for the second or third year of Disney Plus right. when they were ready to try to kill physical media. And like when I saw the previews for Mulan, and I know you guys know this because I discussed it ad nauseum. And if you've known me for more than ten minutes, you know that I'm a Hong Kong chopsaki wuxia fanatic. Mm-hmm. So when I saw the trailers for Mulan. I'm like, finally, a big budget. Martial arts film, a big budget wuxia film. This is a... Why didn't we do this forever ago? Our memory's so short that we forgot the Great Wall. Right, or Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that, like, and then, you know, what they didn't do is that they, they didn't make a big budget wuxia movie. They just kind of made a adventure film with some martial arts in it. And it's like, how come you couldn't... Like, why didn't you get, like, Michelle Yeoh or Donnie Yen? Or how come it's not choreographed by Yu Ping Or... You know what I mean? Like all these like luminaries of 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 you know martial arts cinema. Well, you can definitely afford. We know that much. Hey, does Minya Wen at least get a cameo? What's that? Does Minya Wen, the original voice of Mulan, does she at least get a cameo in the new one? I'm not sure. I've I've flirted with the Mulan. We haven't watched it in its entirety I, yet. I, I I don't think so. But Jet Li plays the emperor. That's pretty cool. I mean, hell of a cast. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But it's like you could have just gone all in, and it would have been the coolest thing ever. Um, again, I probably shouldn't speak too harshly because I haven't watched the film in its entirety yet. But I mean, like, ah, again, there, there's, there's these resources out there in the world, and I don't know why people don't understand to take advantage of them. But I'm probably just sounding like a brat right now. But, um, but yeah, these these live action movies, they're, they're so. I mean, how many came out in the past two years? Like five. Right, so so Tim Burton did Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Right. Before that, so, he did the Alice in Wonderland, which had a sequel. But I, I guess yeah. uh, out of recent memory, there is Dumbo, uh, yep. Lion King, yeah, Aladdin, Aladdin um, Lady and the Tramp, Lady Mulan. and the Tramp, which was a Lady and the Tramp Wait. was direct to Disney Plus. But yes, uh, Mulan. Yep. And yeah. what else? Okay. Jungle Book. Shit. Yeah. Cinderella. Um, Cinderella had one. Motherfucker, yeah, oh, directed yeah. by Kenneth Branagh. That was good. I, I like Cinderella quite a bit. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh. I should, yeah, yeah, I should watch that. I don't. Um, I like Kenneth Branagh. Oh, update on Mulan. So Ming Ming Na Wen does have a cameo as an esteemed guest. I guess at a party scene. Yeah, but like, there's um, I guess they got rid of like the the I forget the dragon character, like the Mushu. Yeah, Eddie Murphy character. Um, yeah, yeah, and um. And it's just funny because, like, again, if you are familiar with the wuxia genre, there's whimsy and there's humor. There's room for all this stuff. It's been done before many times. Um, and it could have very well been done again in a very uh, flattering way. Oh, and this Mulan remake, I mean, uh, was not written by people of color as far as I, I should, I should miss. I, I need to look this up. But, like, you know, they could have done something to, to make it a bit. It's great that as the Chinese cast that it's live action and all this stuff and yet you're, you're tied to stuff in the original that are sort of viewed through a western lens where there's a lot of inaccuracies and it, it could it, it just feels a bit westernized still and like why not just make a whole give give the 
just go all in, man. Chinese, yeah, go all in. Yeah. Make it like a big budget thing, like you're already. Uh, was it was it John anyway. Woo that was it John Woo that did the uh, what the hell is it called Red something? He the it Red was like, movies, yeah, 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 yeah the Red Cliff stuff. Like do something like that, man. Like yeah. There's a market for that. You're already courting the, the the Chinese market to begin with. You might as well like do it right. There, there's a really good thread on Twitter. I don't have in front of me who it is, but it's, it's by it. maybe I think it might have been like a Chinese historian professor who's also an author, like pointing out like in the Disney cartoon, almost frame by frame, how like a lot of the Chinese in the background is inaccurate. And like this part's oh, historically yeah. right. Like I love stuff like that. But oh, me too. That's pretty funny. Um, also, w- didn't they film large portions of it, like at like an in- like where there's like internment camps and like countries that are like torturing people and stuff? Well, I... oh, no, what was it? yeah, it was like it was like in in, was in yeah. land that had that that, that the, the Ugear had been forcibly removed from. Yeah, there was like a mm-hmm. um, there was a thing. They're like thanks to the you know great people of like the Shangjing province where there's like forced labor camps and shit and like crimes against humanity and stuff like that going on um yeah you know probably not very good timing and so i I think circling back with with mulan you know i I agree with what you're saying thrasher like this is the new future but on top of that although this isn't a disney movie i think what i can see happening more and more often uh as much as i don't like saying this uh physical media sales are in the toilet I don't yeah. think I, I think it's going to be just like a niche market print on demand things or you have these excellent labels like. Uh, what the hell is it like vinegar syndrome or, or you know, you what know, I mean? like, or, like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. because the studios aren't going to put big old special editions with all the trimmings. Um, uh, there is a, a animated film uh, Scoob that was you could either rent it for twenty dollars or have a digital purchase for twenty five. Mm. And. I mean, that's so smart. I think you'll see a lot more of that. You'll see um, the window will be even shorter between theatrical and uh, streaming or or physical media, whatever ends up happening. And we kind of talked about this, about like the movie theater episode of SequelCast Special, Movie Theaters in the Age of COVID. Find that at SequelCast2.com. So a a real pleasant surprise that... A lot of people don't know about, and I'm shocked because this would, I feel like this would be a real selling point, particularly for people our age who maybe have their own kids and want to share this with their kids. And this is also something that a lot of people thought would never happen because of just the legal wrangling you would have to do with Amblin Entertainment. But all mm-hmm. of the Roger Rabbit shorts are now on Disney+. Plus. Oh, cool. Released right. with absolutely no fanfare. I found them by accident the weekend no? after they were released, but I couldn't sleep. I watched them all in one go. They are so good, so kinetic, and so ambitious. And it just That's makes awesome. me wish that they still made these. Those yeah, were exactly. extras on one of the later special edition DVDs of Roger Rabbit. Um, so, okay, let's see what else. Um, Thrasher, it's your turn. Okay, so I... I uh, like I said, outside of, outside of the Mandalorian, I was always more interested in the older stuff on uh, on Disney Plus, and this is I, I think where it succeeds and uh, the most, but also where it is lacking the most. Because like on the one hand, it has been great to go back and to watch uh, Darkwing Duck and Gargoyles and <laughs> yes, Spider Man and his sure. amazing friends and all these shows, but it, but at the same time, like 
damn it, I want to watch every Goofy short you've ever made, because Goofy is one of my absolute favorite characters in all of Western literature. And there is only a light smattering just kind of scattered that you have to dig through there in the their decade based playlist to even find. And there's just and like and like I think they've added like two two goofy shorts since it launched. Like the football short and I think the fishing short. Or maybe well, it's the skiing short. But like I like by holy grail, I am always trying to find the short where he sets up a home gym. One, because mm-hmm. I have very fond memories of it, but two, yeah. that's that's the goofy short that they're watching in Roger Rabbit. And that every time I see that seed, it just makes me want to watch that short more. Oh, yeah. And I think I think it's heartbreaking that that you can't find those. The one I want to see is like, go on. Are they doing like a Netflix thing where they're just gonna like kind of arbitrarily like pull and reinstate various shows and seasons and stuff like that? Because I remember um, we were gonna watch um, hmm. Monty Python's Flying Circus, and the first episode they played was from like season four or something like that. I, I was like, why not just have the show? I don't know if they're doing it ba- for shows, but there have been examples of movies being pulled from Disney. Yeah. And it's usually because they cut some sort of exclusive streaming deal with stars or something. And so uh, like, for years, the movie just shows is only available on stars. And, not Disney. Yeah. and I'll, I'll jump on that for a second. One thing Disney Plus does poorly, but every streaming service does poorly. They don't let people know how much longer this is available to watch until right before it's going to leave. And they have a section called Leaving Disney Plus. Which you know, is, better watch this soon. It's so obnoxious. It's worse than the Disney Vault thing back in the home video days. I mean... Um, sort of. Eh. Especially if you consider they have only censored versions to watch. Yeah, it is worse. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's just like, but like you are saying, Thrasher. It's like, you know... Alright, so the specificity of of something like disney plus is i want to watch the goofy shorts i want to watch the donald duck shorts that's your disney thing that's what disney is why not give it to us <laughs> you know right. what i mean it's you like most certainly own the rights to it let us drink exactly. from the fire hose well it really you know it really makes me feel that you know despite all their talk about the disney vault and how they've tried to keep a lot of different things into circulation I think it really does expose to them that they have as much contempt and ignorance about their own catalog as virtually yeah. any other long, long-running studio. Well, and I mean, hell, have Leonard Malton do shit because, like, he did a great job oh, helping yeah. to curate uh, that. The what was the name of it? It was like the series came in these big old tins, and it was a lot of it. You know, some of it might be an episode of Swamp Fox, or it might be the Donald Duck shorts from the fifties or right, right. And, and he would like tape an introduction and kind of give you some historical context. There'd sometimes be commentaries on there. I mean, it was a really rich look at some of the, what the hardcore Disney Anna fans wanted. Well, that's yeah, something and he would do that with Warner stuff too. Yeah. That's something right. that, that amazes me uh, is that like, um, that that Shutter does that no other streaming service seems to do. Where Shutter oh. has some really neat curated content, where they have filmmakers, performers, but also like comedians will curate a playlist of movies. And like, how amazing would that? Oh, that's be smart. Yeah, if you had like on Disney Plus, like. Disney stars share their favorite stuff and like they give a little intro and then it's just like a playlist of their favorite movies and shorts. And, you know, you could mm-hmm. so hype that yeah, up. Yeah. Here's, you know, here's so what Chris Evans likes on Disney plus. Right. Watch the Chris Evans like, playlist. Watch the right, you can, TV playlist. Yeah. You, you could tie stuff back around and have uh, people like, well, I'm going to be in WandaVision in a few months, but these are some of my Disney favorites. And then maybe, right. you know, you could package it with a teaser to the new show or whatever. Yeah. Oh. I mean, 
It's so such we, a smart idea. That's something we need to talk about because when when Disney Plus launched, there were so many shows announced, and so few of those shows have come to pass. I am pretty convinced we're never going to see that Loki show that they that they have been talking about uh, before Disney Plus. Well, I, I the think COVID stuff delayed a lot of filming. To be fair, pardon. COVID delayed a lot of filming. To be fair, mm, yeah. But what? Roger, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah I can okay. hear you. It's, it's, it's just like I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of those things that they announced starting out, we're just not going to get. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's just a... one of the reasons we signed up for Disney Plus is my plus is my wife wanted the Loki show. We still don't have that Loki show. Right. Mm-hmm. In fact, have, have any of those Marvel shows been on one year later? Uh, no, no. Wow. Yeah, and remember they had they made the big old uh, song and dance about so the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase Three. It's going to have these TV shows only at Disney Plus, and it's going to tie into the movies, and it's going to they're going to all feed each other. They said the yeah. same thing with Agents of Shield, and that proved to be a lie. So I'm sure that it's going to be the same thing. And I think that's another <laughs> thing that's like while I you know I I love the you know the Marvel movies I have seen. And sometimes people misinterpret my disinterest in some of the new films is that I don't like them. And it's not the case. It's just that they've just gotten too goddamn big where it's like, I'll see a preview for, you know, I don't know, the most recent Avengers film. And it's like, well, you have to see first, you know, three Thor movies and the second two <laughs> Captain America movies and right. uh, five Netflix series. And then by the time I hear the third thing, I'm like, I, you know, fucking forget it. I don't, I, all right, I'll just skip this. You know what I mean? So then when I hear like... Space monster gets a doomsday weapon. Tale as old as time. Go. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, some fucking PlayStation games now canon that I, I'm never going to play. And then it's like, then, then it just gets too big. And then I'm just, okay, I lose interest at that point. You know what I mean? Where it's like, like you're saying, this new series and this new that and this new this and stage three and four and five. And it's like, okay, I'm already burnt out. Like just talking about it. So due to COVID, we are now living through the longest gap between Marvel films. It's now, I think, been over a year between uh, between Marvel films. And I will say, as, as fun as I think those films are, and as much as I'd like to see uh, Black Widow and whatever whatever comes next, it, it feels like I have a three-day weekend and no homework. I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah it's like, exactly. It's like, that's, it's been, like you said, it's been a year, which is very normal, actually, to wait between movies. But the other thing is, like, it means when a new Marvel movie comes out for the first time in a decade, I'm going to be hungry for it. Right. And maybe, you know, mm. guys who have kind of fallen off the radar like me can play catch up and, you know, maybe get back into it for a change. Right. Yeah. Um, well, in fact, we've done none of those Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff for sequel cast two, which is... Kind of surprising. Yeah. We've had tangents, yeah, but yeah, like, like never covered. Part of it's like yeah. too, like you said, it's like almost like it's just too daunting. It's like you would have right. to do by you know the Iron Man movies. The well, Thor movies. A a Alex, what's a, is there another topic you'd like to discuss? Or, um, I guess that in a nutshell is just that. Like, I just think it's, I uh, maybe I just sound like a fuddy duddy, but it's just I just think it's just too much sometimes, and I do feel like these. Mm. You know, again, it's like all oh, three white guys griping about Star Wars and shit. But like, <laughs> you know, it's like again, it's like I I I don't feel like I have that like fierce fandom that a lot of other people do, and it's just kind of like the whole like the Mandalorianness of it all is just like oh, it's just becoming oversaturation. I feel like um, Disney Plus is proliferating that, and it's something that is just I find tiring. Um, but however, there's 
a lot of other cool shit on Disney Plus too. So there's there's one thing that I, I feel I absolutely must touch on that is an observation I had uh, after we we I pitched this episode um, is that. So you know all all the Muppet stuff is on Disney Plus except the old Muppet Babies for for complicated reasons. Well, and, which... and also also the live action Muppet shows are not on there. Oh, that's from the seventies right. and from the late nineties. So the movies at least are there. Um, but so something something that 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 dawned on me uh, that has been just sort of the the, the greatest of mixed blessings. Is that Disney Plus proves that once again Disney has no goddamn idea what to do with the Muppets. But goddamn yeah, it, yeah. they're going to try to do something, and it's led <laughs> to two things I find endlessly entertaining. One is Muppets Now, which I think it's a travesty that that only had six episodes in its first season. <laughs> but I thought that was a really good showcase for the Muppets. I love Bob from Legal. Uh, he is a yes, great. He's new a beaver, Muppet. right? Yeah, yo, he's an otter. Otter, excuse me. <laughs> he's an otter that's their legal consultant who keeps showing up <laughs> in different scenes to like give give sober legal advice, and then he just like l- will laugh uproariously at a, the mildest of balmos that he's made. I, I love that 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 shtick, um, and it's yeah, and it's just perfect. Like stuff. Muppets kind of commenting on current YouTube culture. Um, although that being said, as much as I love the turkey that hosts the competitive cooking show with the Swedish chef, I kind of wish she stood back a little bit because I think it would be so much more fun to see the uh-huh. Swedish chef and their celebrity guest interacting more directly. Um, that would be pretty awesome. But it also gave us Earth to Ned, which is if Farscape was a talk show, and I and I <laughs> love that show. I've never seen that. I it's pretty recent. Um, so. Yeah, but- premise is an alien is sent to conquer Earth, becomes obsessed with television, so instead of blowing up the planet, he just abducts celebrities and forces them to be interviewed on his spaceship. Has uh, the Swedish chef done anything like with Gordon Ramsay or like fed into like the like Food Network culture at all? I well, that's, like that's, a... that's sort of the structure of his bit on Muppets Now. It's He's on okay. a competitive show. Kind of, but a lot of times he's with celebrity. I mean... Danny Trejo does mole tacos. That's a really good one. That one's That's very good. Awesome. Um, they to to promote one of the newer Muppet movies. I don't recall which one. They did do a Gordon Ramsay extended bit with Swedish Chef that was uh-huh. on YouTube. It's pretty good. Oh, but cool. the the guest on Muppets now it's less about celebrity chefs and more about celebrities that like cooking. They, they did have an Italian guy on the episode I just saw last night. Um, Giuseppe something or other. Oh, cool. Anywho, yeah. Um, neat. I mean, I think this... Do you want to go another round? You think we've pretty much said what needs to be said about Disney+. Plus? I could talk about more, but I've also said a lot, so I'm not going to yeah, do another round unless either of you two have a uh, topic um, approach. I don't think I have too much more to unpack. I feel like if I, if I, if I do any more, I'd probably just be repeating myself. So. Right. I'll, I'll just say that I appreciate how the Disney animated features are all on there, except for Make Mine Music for some reason. Huh. That one's not. Make Mine Music is one of, when Disney wasn't doing so well to kind of do cheapy features, they would just kind of link shorts together um, as a feature, and it's one of those. I, I've never seen it. I don't, it might have been available in videotape ages ago. Um, mm. I, I have a great fondness for the, I mean, we talk cartoons a lot on this, uh, on the sequel cast two uh, shows, but. Um, as a kid overseas, I mean, the big thing, you know, we would go to a friend's apartment or something and you would look 
and see you would recognize the clamshell Disney uh, packaging from a mile oh, away yeah. and see what Disney's they had that you hadn't watched yet and try and oh, yeah. I would at least try and convince them to show it like cuz cuz we didn't have uh, not till we moved back to the states I think we might have had something but we didn't really we'd have to go to someone else's house to watch them but like that's how I saw Pinocchio and Robin Hood and uh, some yeah, of those Yeah it was always stuff. exciting to be like oh you've got you know this yeah. that or you know like I remember like we had Aladdin my cousins had Lion King we had Fantasia they had Snow White yeah. you know Right and uh I mean Fantasia why isn't there that could be a direct to streaming series as far as I'm concerned Oh yeah just musical videos Yeah just like musically oriented yeah. animation would be really cool Right and maybe you know Disney could have a uh, a marijuana kind of tie-in program where like different <laughs> strains go with different shorts yeah, really curated. Indica with a Chopin. Well, you know they because because the Turner Classic Movies does have like a curated wine club that links to the. <laughs> I've thought about getting it as a gift for my grandma because she loves TCM Aww. so much, but cool. um, you know they have that or the Francis Ford. Do you ever watch Patrick Willems on YouTube? Uh, no. He, he does sort of film analysis, and he did the the one of the, the Coppola vineyards did a thing where for $800 you could get 24 bottles of wine. And he decided to go through Francis Ford Coppola's entire filmography and try to pair the wine with it himself. And it's just more about him getting increasingly drunk, watching stuff like Jack, <laughs> the, the Robin Williams and Bill Cosby, uh, uh kind of about a uh, kid that's young at heart. It's, it's a very odd Francis Ford Coppola movie, but I'd recommend you'd watch those. Those are very funny. Well, that's a little um, over $33 uh, per bottle of wine. <laughs> And some of the Coppola wines are quite expensive. I think it comes out to a, a good deal if you drink that much wine and have a cellar. Um, I'd get some Smothers Brothers wine, maybe. Did yeah, I, it's I forget. Good. Some of his reds are a little too dry, but yeah. You know. Well, I forget. have I told? Maybe I don't know if you've heard this story, Alex. It's been a while. I think I've told it. I went to a Coppola Vineyard in California, and they had one of his Oscars from Godfather Two on display. Oh, nice. Behind glass. Was it the best director one? I don't best, remember. Uh, Could have been. Had, had he turned it into a corkscrew, and like if you're if you're chosen, you get to use it to open a bottle. <laughs> uh, no, but we, um, you know, we we went to the. I forget the. I think it's called Inglenook or something like that. They bought a winery and, and put the Coppola um, label on it, which is pretty standard. They actually did one in Oregon not that long ago. But what I loved is they had a family tree of the of the Coppolas, and of course. A lot of them are uh, related or in, in Hollywood, right? Uh, Nicolas Cage, you know, Sofia yep. Coppola. And when it got to Nicolas Cage, it just says has like the shortest note ever. It's like born, I don't know what it is, born like 1960 something. <laughs> he speaks but, for himself. Right. But like it has quite a lot for like uh, Francis's brother, August Coppola. Um, uh, so I just thought it was sort of amusing. The Nicolas Cage thing was quite small. But. If you know the right people, you can get like a six-hour tour of the winery, wow. and they show you the caves and the, all this stuff where they store it. Cool. I like wine, which has nothing to do with Disney Plus. So <laughs> I like I like wine too. Okay. So my my own final thoughts. Uh, there are two, two things I want to go over. Is there Wait, one? Wait, one second, Thrasher. Just oh. one second. Uh, Alex, can you replug your headset? Oh yeah. Thanks. Great. Okay, go on. All right, so um, 
so one, so something, another, a lot of stuff shows up on Disney Plus with no fanfare, and it doesn't even show up under like a new to Disney Plus category. But um, right. uh, last month, out of nowhere, an old Disneyland special, like the the new Mouseketeers and Walt Disney World, showed up from like the oh late seventies. I loved watching that. It's not good. It is not good at all. <laughs> but it exemplifies the creative dead end that Disney was in at that time. And I absolutely love watching and dissecting crappy old television. And so that was a great experience. I kind of wish more stuff like that would show up. One, for people like me who really like to analyze it. But two, for people who grew up with that stuff and really and, and would love to watch it again. Um, you know, like that special where they... The, the the previous time Disney owned the Muppets, that special where like Mickey Mouse met like met uh, Kermit the Frog, like put put that back up. You keep the Michael Eisner intros. I think that would be really really fun. The other thing is, if you've enjoyed this episode of Sequel Cast Two, I'm going to recommend another podcast that'll be kind of a nice uh, it'll be a nice chaser to this episode. How dare you? Oh, uh, <laughs> hey, but hey, friends of the show, it's yeah. Laser Time, Laser oh, Time podcast. Sure. LaserTimePodcast.com is a place you can find it. Uh, episode 401 of Laser Times called Digging Through the Disney Graveyard. And this came mm-hmm. out uh, shortly after Disney Plus launched. Uh, and it is a discussion of various things that are not on Disney Plus and may never appear on Disney Plus. And so there's some really neat critical analysis, but there's also just some great obscure bits of Disney produced and Disney owned animation they find that would not be on Disney Plus if only because it's not truly an archive service. It it is an uh, entertainment streaming service. So yeah. check out Laser Time episode 401 Digging Through the Disney Graveyard. Yeah, I used to do uh, some writing for uh, the guys at uh, LaserTimePodcast.com. Uh, um, they're they know a lot about Disney. I think some of the uh, one of the guys moved back to the east. Some of them moved to the East Coast from uh, the Bay Area because it got too expensive, um, which you're seeing more and more these days. But I, I seem to recall they said in the '80s, Disney, uh, the Disney Channel, which was a premium channel, I think it still is, right? Uh, uh not. I don't. Not. Think- I don't think anymore. I think that changed okay. in the late '90s, early 2000s. It became part of sta- the standard standard cable, cable package. package. Yeah, but you, um, they had a thing kind of to compete with MTV, where you you have music. They kind of did music videos using old uh, Disney um, clips animation. and stuff. Animation, yeah, and animation. Yeah, DTV. DTV, and like you can't release that stuff ever again. No one's going to pay for the streaming rights of that. Even Disney, <laughs> who can afford to, and well, stuff like that. They just... buy the studio that owns the rights to the music, right? But stuff like that's just lost television history. And so Disney Plus, I think it has a good library. It could be better. The search functions are bad. Uh, even like still doesn't work. you go to the section that says 4K, it doesn't list all the stuff that's in 4K. Right. Which is such, it's such a first world problem, granted. But right. I have yeah, a 4K TV. Still- I want to spin up that stuff. And <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like the, I feel like with the organization and the search engine stuff, this is a problem with like almost every streaming platform. Um, it They just for the most part, suck. And for the right. resources that Disney has, I mean, I feel like, you know, why not leave the charge and making it not suck? That I would think be they spent cool. near a billion dollars acquiring a company for their streaming technology. And that, and the Disney Plus launch is what it came out with. It, it was Holy a spinoff shit. of the NBA's streaming platform. There you go. Wow. Yeah. 
So um, Tech, a spinoff of oh, uh, sorry, MLB Advanced Media, which did MLB streaming. My mistake. Right. I, I will end things on a convoluted note. As a always, big, yes. <laughs> a big thing of Disney Plus launching is they says, hey, you know, you can get all three streaming services: Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus, for uh, seven dollars a month for, well, I don't know, for like a low price, ten bucks a month, something right. like that. And then I, I look on the fact. And I'm like, I like the ESPN 30 for 30 things, but not enough to really pay for it. But we, right. but we have the Hulu without the ads because the ads are really annoying. Oh, yeah. And my cat's screaming at me. And so try to parse <laughs> the answer to this fact. Can I get Hulu's ad-free plan with the Disney bundle? Yes. You can substitute Hulu no ads or Hulu plus live TV for the Hulu ad-supported plan. That's included with the Disney bundle. You must purchase these plans through Hulu, not Disney+. Plus. You will be charged monthly for the full cost of your Hulu No Ads or Hulu Plus Live TV plan. Your separate monthly Disney bundle charge will be adjusted downward by $5.99 a month, which is equal to the value of the ad-supported Hulu plan included in the Disney bundle. Equal in cost, not even a discount because you're bundling. Uh, yeah, 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 Equal yeah, yeah. in value. Try to, try to... I've read that five times. I still can't quite make sense of it. It sounds like... You know what? It... <laughs> You know how I do this qualifier thing is that if I'll I'll look up my monthly watching history and if I watch under the amount of what a rental would cost that matches the monthly amount like if I don't watch thirty dollars of what I would spend in rentals on Netflix I'll cancel Netflix. That's really smart. Like if I only watch like one movie movie a month that's like you know half of their monthly subscription price. (laughs) You know what I mean? So if I see that trend continue I'm like axe so. Yeah, that, that's, where, that's where I go. <laughs> right, no, I, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we've had, thank you, thank you, uh, Dandelion the Kitty, the uh, Persian cat. Um, we are doing, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we had a good discussion here, wide-ranging, as always, of uh, the Disney Plus service one year into it. i uh curious as, as to what the future holds. I'm a bit uneasy with how they censor things. I bet they'll continue that, and people will call them out for that. Oh, yes, I hope so. Uh and so we'll just have to see what happens. Um, there's a website, I think it's movie-censorship.com, that does a lot of really good comparisons of what gets censored in different regions for movies. Um, for a sequel cast special, I'm, uh, this is uh, Matt. Follow me on Twitter at M-A-T-W-B-T. Uh, this is uh, Thrasher. You can follow me on Twitter at Internet Mayor. And this is Alex. You can follow me on Twitter at CrabNebula1914, and you can say a bunch of mean, hurtful things at me because I haven't seen the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> uh, saying, gentlemen, I think that covers us from a legal standpoint. Ha 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 Mickey, all these subscription streaming plans have me confused something fierce. I think oh. you'll find our streaming platform will be fully operational. <laughs> Oh, the more power we consolidate, the more we gain, huh? It's the workers who control the needs of production, Pluto. Oh, we can outsource it, even insource, huh? Make everything animated so we don't have to support the unions, huh? Let's let's get some Pinkertons in there, break some legs. (laughs) That's how we did in the 30s, (laughs) goddammit. Hopefully it worked then and it works now. (laughs) It's a small world after all. (laughs) 